The love you and I have is a slow-burning, but very warm Solid. Uh, fire that's in the fireplace. And it keeps us warm for a long time. Yeah. And we keep fueling it. We keep feeding it, you know, the, the wood or the coal that it needs to keep it lit. We're not ignoring it. And it just burns warm and cozy and comfortable and familiar and beautiful and it is lovely it is welcome to the secure marriage podcast where we believe it's possible to fight less feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse we're your hosts paul and shannon elmore and on today's episode Are you afraid your husband's going to leave you for a newer model? Yeah. Trade you in and upgrade. Yeah. It's it's been known to happen. And a lot of women worry about that. Let's talk about it, okay? All righty. Here's the question. Okay. And I actually think this is one that we haven't talked about ever. Really? Which is refreshing to have an entirely new topic okay lay it on me and it's well written it's from someone anonymous we don't have the name um but it's coming from a wife and here's the question any wives feeling deeply insecure about getting older and being abandoned for a younger woman how do the husbands view their aging wives oh wow my wife of 30 years (laughs) (laughs) this is a question for you here's a little context though yeah i'll be 40 years old we've been together been together over 25 years three kids so she's only 40 and you've got a few more years on that and one extra kid (laughs) right i do i've got about 13 years on that almost i so let's let's start off on the right foot here i don't mean to make light of the question because it's a very real reality for sure that that uh, men will oftentimes trade in a wife for For a a younger model model because of their own insecurities and their need to be externally validated by the things around them. That's why they get shinier cars. That's why they get bigger wristwatches. That's why they have to have a prettier, younger, slimmer, fitter status is really someone on their arm because they do not have their own sense of strength and identity internally. Right. Which is probably the answer to the question we gave away in the first two minutes of the podcast. We're supposed to figure out how to like leave that to the end so people listen longer. Right. But we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. How do you feel or what would you say to this woman? It's really interesting because I know that that is so prevalent. It's interesting because I don't worry about that at all. Why? Because You're getting old. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I think the foundation for it, though, is that you and I have a very connected relationship, yeah. emotionally, physically, mentally, all of it, spiritually, yes, everything. And we have worked very hard to to lay a foundation so that I know without a shadow of a doubt, you're always going to be here. Except for when we're having a really, really big fight and my survival brain kicks in and then I worry like, is he going to just be done with me? Yeah. But momentary lapse because, yes, exactly. Um, 
and I think her fears come out of her fears come out of not having feeling connected all the time with her spouse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, we'll expand more. Not being connected with her spouse. Earlier in our marriage, I worried about those things. I used to have nightmares that you were going to leave me. Hmm. I'd I'd wake up and I'd be so heartbroken and angry with you because yeah. because you had left me for someone else yeah. and you told me that you didn't love me anymore. But I don't think that we had the the relationship, the marriage that we have now. Right. We have we have learned tons and we have worked hard and we have laid lots of foundations down to have the relationship that we have now where we truly have a secure marriage. And yeah. that's, I think that's the piece that, that, that secureness is missing because there aren't, I don't know, I could be completely yeah. wrong. Um, but that's just my thoughts on that. Is there something I have done? And, and I always hate asking this question because it feels like I'm fishing for a compliment and I'm not, but I'm trying to analyze in our relationship, what are the things that I have done or not done that have made you be able to trust that my love for you is authentic, genuine, um, unconditional, lasting? Um, is there, is there certain behaviors or things that I've there's, done or attitudes or there's, there's probably lots of things. Um, and, and I'll, I'll bring one, one thing around to, uh, from just what you mentioned before about men wanting to upgrade for a new or better model. Yeah. You have been with me and loved me through every, every change of my body. And, for a good portion of our marriage, I was highly overweight and I I was probably pretty insecure in my own self it, it during some of those years and wondering how you could still love me looking the way that I looked and you still loved me. And not only that, but you still desired me. And that was so crazy to Mm. me how you could desire me when I did not look skinny, sexy. Well, you probably still thought I was sexy, but I I didn't view myself that Mm -hmm. way at all. And so you never, ever once made me think that I wasn't desirable or wanted in that physical state. Yeah. So that, that helps build that trust. I remained, I remained consistent regardless of the external circumstances or the external state of of who you were and what you were kind of going through. Yes, absolutely. Um, the other thing is that you very consistently, as you have learned and and grown in your own self, you've been able to um, be there for me when I need, when I have emotional calls. And we've talked about mm-hmm. those on different podcasts. Um, but that's when I either need your attention or need to talk with you because I've got something or I just want to connect with you and just blah, 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 a whole bunch out yeah. to you. How's that go? Blah, 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 a whole bunch out to you okay. just in case you didn't get that. Got it. And so you have made yourself available to me to talk so that when like I just want to share a bunch of nothingness that's 
important to me, but has no importance or value whatsoever. You don't just sit there and say, "Mm -hmm, yes, mm -hmm." you actually engage, you're curious, you want to know, maybe not about what I'm talking about, but I think you really try to understand why it's important to me. And so um, that's been very, that, that lends itself towards me feeling like we're connected, Mm. that you want to be in relationship with me. And there are times when early in our marriage, when you didn't have that ability and I'd be talking to you and I'd be like, are you even paying attention to me? And, and some of that was just immaturity. Some of that was just not knowing, but as you have grown and I've grown and changed and become better people, um, that is something that has continued to, um, build into the security Mm. of our marriage. Mm. Can I give you uh, some insight as to kind of my internal state as to why I don't think you and I have struggled with this and what might be missing in other relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You are the expert. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not (laughs) the expert, but I do try to practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I have much credibility or... um, wisdom if I I tout certain uh, theories or approaches and then do the exact opposite. And don't practice them. Yeah, yeah. So I do try to live my life relatively consistent. Yes. A large majority of individuals, not just men, but women as well, but let's stick to the man side here because that's the topic of the conversation here. A lot of men make decisions based upon their feelings. If I am feeling sad or depressed, I'm going to do something that makes me feel not sad and depressed. If I am feeling desirous of something, I will go out and do it because it makes me feel good, regardless of if it's right or wrong, Mm. regardless if it's good or bad, regardless if it's healthy or unhealthy for me. They are driven by um, the, the emotional need to satiate that pleasure piece within them. And I realized early on in our relationship that I am going to be faithful to you and I am going to love you because it's the right thing to do. Mm. It's not dependent upon you, to be honest. I'm not loving you so that you love me back. I'm loving you because the right thing to do is unconditionally and sacrificially love the girl that I chose to marry 30 years ago when I was 22 years old and to honor that commitment, whether I feel like it or not, whether it feels good or not, whether it's easy or not. The fact that I made that commitment, I want to do the right thing and stick to that commitment and maintain my promise. Yes, that works out pretty good for you. It works out pretty good for me, but I, also think that, well, let me again, I'll rephrase that. I don't think. I actually desire at one point in my life to stand before God and have him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I entrusted you with this 22-year-old woman's heart and you didn't know what you were signing up for, but I gave her to you and you have done a really, really good job of stewarding, of of caring for her heart the way that I would want her to be cared for because I've created her because she is precious in my eyes. And, and I want, I wanted someone to love her the way that I love her. 
Yeah, that's and very true. I take that seriously. And I understand right now there are some people who are listening to this podcast are going, click, they because I just brought up, you know, faith or God or some sort of religious kind of language in here. And, and you've got to kind of weigh that into the equation here. But I unapologetically hold to that standard, which says I try to do the right thing because I'm accountable to God, not just you, not just my kids, not my boss, not the people in the street, right. the people I interact with. Um, I want to live rightly. And so that means when you get older and you start to sag, bag and drag, <laughs> just like I sag, bag and right. drag, just when uh, we are not as quick and nimble or as sexy or as, you know, all the other things that tend to be attractive to young folks, right. um, that doesn't matter. That just doesn't matter to me because I made a commitment 30 years ago that I'm going to stick to. Here's the other side of this. I'm, this is really actually a no brainer. It's taken me 30 years to just figure you out. Holy crap. I don't want to start over again right. trying to figure out another woman and what her needs are and how she thinks and how to love her according to her story and whatever bag of crazy she brings in. Right. The love that you and I have, the mature love yes. that you and I have is a heck of a lot easier because I know what I'm what I'm getting. Right. It, it well, is it's. It's it's not it's not a dopamine fed love. It's not it's not the love that is uh, fueled by uh, nights of rampant passion. It's not fueled by um, uh, lust and intensity. Right. The love you and I have is a slow burning, but very warm solid uh, fire that's in the fireplace, and it keeps us warm for a long time, yeah. and we keep fueling it we keep feeding it you know the the wood or the coal that it needs to keep it lit we're not ignoring it and it just burns warm and cozy and comfortable and familiar and beautiful and All it is lovely it is it's lovely You're it is lovely. it i i think too that um if you you said you know you don't want to have to learn about someone else no. and all of their stuff. I think though, the issue is that if you are jumping to someone else, you, that thought isn't, doesn't even cross your mind that you have to because you haven't spent the time learning that about the spouse that you have. You'll never learn it. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that that's part of the issue yeah. is, is, is that. Yeah. So, yeah. The kind of man who says you're too hard of a woman to be married to um, and I'm going to go try and find someone easier or sexier or funner or whatever else that is. He's just he's just spreading the cancer. He has not yeah. learned how to be in a healthy relationship, and it'll be fun for a short amount of time, and then he will use and discard that person and move on to the right. next person because he hasn't learned the art and the the skill of mature, wise relationship building. Right. And we don't want people to propagate that. We don't mm -mm. want that to be repeated and to grow. We want people to have a secure marriage. There's yeah. a reason we call this a secure marriage because it doesn't matter the external things that happen. You and I both know that our marriage is the most important to us and that we are going to stay committed to it. Right. 
even if we're living in the van under the bridge together, <laughs> we will stay committed to that marriage. Right. Right? Absolutely. And it's both of us are doing it. It actually right. doesn't work if only one person does it. Right. Both people have to say, this is what's most important to us. And there are some people right now, again, who are listening to this going, I don't have that with my spouse. What you're talking about is just foreign and and an entirely new concept. How do I even get that? You can start with one person. Yes, and that one absolutely. person can create the culture or the environment of a secure marriage and all the skills that go into having that. And then it becomes contagious and the other person goes, oh, I actually like what my spouse is bringing in and I want to participate in that mm-hmm. kind of relationship. And you can learn it together. Mm-hmm. There have been some things in the relationship that you have been better at and I've had to learn by yep. watching and copying you. And there's other things that I've been good at that you've had to learn and copy me. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because it's so true that there are things that that you have done that I go, ooh, I want to do that too. Yeah. I I want to grow in that way. I want to become that way. And then there's things that I've done that you do that. And and it was never a conscious choice. You didn't start doing things so that I would begin to change. And mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I did things to change for my own self so yeah. that I could become a better person. Yeah. And it you you don't think that at all. You think, I just want to change my spouse. I want them to change. I'm going to help them change. I'm going to do things to try to make them change. And the fastest, easiest, best way is to work on yourself yep. and to do things to make you a better person. Yep. Yep. And so... Um, but what would you what would you say to this gal? Um, what aside from what I know that you're going to get to eventually, which is probably our relationship roadmap. <laughs> Am I that predictable? <laughs> are people listening to this going, okay, just get to the commercial? <laughs> what are you trying to hawk now? Yeah. No. What 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 would you say or what um, advice would you give to help? to help alleviate some of those fears that yeah. she has. Yeah. Um, if, if your relationship as a woman is based upon performance, you have to look a certain way, you have to say the right things, you have to dress a certain way, you have to, it's all externally validated. Um, if that is how your relationship has already been for the first 25 years of your marriage, you're in a losing race because we all start to not look as good. We right. all start, even if you're stunningly beautiful still. I've seen like men, me. yes, like you. I've seen men who just go, I'm bored of that beauty. I just want something new and novel. Right. And they move on to the next thing. And it has nothing to do with who you are, your character, your beauty, the outward parts of you. It's the quality of man that you've married. So you have to ask the question, is my relationship based solely on external validating things. He has to behave a certain way and then I will treat him correctly or I have to behave a certain way and then he will treat me correctly. If that's the base and the root of the relationship, that's a bad foundation. It's Mm -hmm. not a solid foundation and it has to start to change. And like you already alluded to in this podcast here, you can start to change that by learning how to unconditionally love your husband um, even when he's not the most lovable. Right. And 
You can do that in ways that aren't keeping score. It's not tit for tat. It's not uh, keeping a tally sheet. You're not trying to put it in his face going, see, I loved you unconditionally two days ago and you're still <laughs> screwing me and, and treating me badly. So that, that backfires every time. Right. Um, you have to be able to find your value and worth internally. And again, because of our worldview, we find that in a Christian faith system. Mm -hmm. We find that it because we are inherently valuable and created by God. If you don't have that same uh, faith system, you don't have that worldview, again, we understand, but you're still created. You're still a human being who has inherent value and worth. Um, and, and if you don't understand that yourself, if you don't see yourself as valuable, if you don't treat yourself as valuable, if you don't expect others to treat you as valuable, if you're always insecure and resorting back to those external things to make sure that you are good enough and lovable enough, again, then it's a losing battle. And right. so you might need to start with the with the internal understanding of your own identity. In this question that was that we read here today, there wasn't actually anything about her husband behaving badly. Correct. It didn't say anything about him. It was just her insecurities. Right. So it starts with her. And if she's insecure in that, that can be fixed. That's good news. Yeah. You can learn how to become more secure instead of insecure, how to be more confident, how to be more um, uh, compassionate towards yourself so that you don't live in that state of fear anymore. Right. And again, you can start that uh, by reading books. You can do that uh, through counselor work. You can do that by hanging out with people who are going to um, actually speak positive things into yes. your life and learning how to get rid of the people who either are perpetuating that you, we have to look the right way. We have to behave the right way. We got mm -hmm. to do the right thing uh, to be loved. If you're hanging out with people, the same worldview that is detrimental and, and, and toxic, you're not going to grow much. You right. have to start hanging out with different people who have a healthier worldview. Right. Um, that's where I would start. It, it starts with where do you find your security? Where do you find your sense of yeah. self worth? I, that is so, that is so good because personally, that has been my experience yeah. for me. When I started working on myself, um, I, I think that's when I, I quit having nightmares. I yeah. quit having those dreams. Yeah. I quit worrying about that. And, um, but you also played a pretty significant role in that as well. I'm, so I'm glad that it could be partnered. I'm glad that yes. your internal work was validated by the external way you were being treated by me. That's yes, that's absolutely. a win-win. That's, yes. that's a good thing. Yeah. So it gets it harder when you're doing your internal work and I'm still trying to chip away at your self-confidence yes, and just that would, erode who you that are. That would be incredibly difficult because it would just be like, see, he just yeah. did something that validated those stories that I tell in my yeah. head that are not very helpful. Yeah. So. so if I were to speak to the husband in a situation like this, and you know that your wife struggles with um, uh, self-confidence, the way she views herself, if you have ever, ever done something to weaponize that, if you have um, acted or, or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you have ever capitalized on that fear and actually thrown that in her face and used that against her, how dare you? How dare you do that to the wife? This is the woman that you are supposed to love and care for unconditionally. You are supposed to be the one who champions her. You're supposed to be her cheerleader. You're supposed to be the one who loves and supports her no matter what. 
And if you recognize I haven't done a good job at that, the very first thing you do after listening to this podcast is you go to her and you go, I recognize I have been a bad husband in this area. I take full responsibility for that and I apologize. And I know that one apology doesn't erase however many years of treating you this way and you're already skeptical about about my apology, but I want you to know that I've heard it from somebody else and it finally got through my thick skull that I need to do better at being a husband who loves you unconditionally. And I am going to start working on that today. And you get to learn how to live sacrificially, how to do hard things that you don't like to do, not because you get a cookie at the end, but because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, You become an honorable man. You become a noble husband. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I actually just recently bought noblehusband.com because I'm on a little bit of a tirade around how to have good husbands. And I don't know what I'm doing with it yet. So if you go there, there's just nothing there yet. But I want husbands to become noble men, to do what's right because it's right to do. Mm-hmm. That, that is worth getting on a podcast every other day and ranting about it. <laughs> So husbands, again, if you're listening to this and you're feeling, you know, that that appropriate kick in the butt right now, you're welcome. And you're also not alone. You are yeah. not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. I have had seasons where I've been a crappy husband to you, honey. And there have been many men I've talked with who, with tears in their eyes, go, I own this. I apologize. And I need help changing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I love working with those guys. Because they become humble, noble husbands. Right. And they become loving and kind and generous. And you start to get rid of all of your wife's fears because you treat her the way she deserves to be treated. That's a good day. That's a very good day. That's a good day. If you don't know how to start that, here's the commercial now. So if you want to click stop now, you can do that. But don't click stop yet. Okay, hold on a second. We actually have built a program. It's $6.99 a month. A month. It's not a huge investment. But it is a way for husbands who know that they need to get better at communicating the love for their wives who just can't remember to do it. It's an actually uh, email prompt. You get one each week of here's something good to do for your wife. It also will remind you a week before her birthday, a week before your anniversary, a week before Valentine's Day to do the stuff that you need to do to be a good husband. Because sometimes we forget. I have struggled with that a lot of how to celebrate my wife, how to celebrate you. Yeah, particularly <clears throat> because some men just celebrating yeah, is not it's important not their to thing. them. It's not their thing. And, and so I, I built a tool that actually I wish I would have had. Yes. So that is available on securemarriage.com. Just click on the top that says love dot. And there's a story behind that. We'll tell you later. But it's called love dot for husbands. Sign up for it and um, we'll help you. We'll help you become better husbands. Yeah. And start to help your wife feel more secure and she knows you're going to love her unconditionally until you're both wrinkly and pruney and <laughs> just you know there's that old people smell that comes out of your house no, gross. that is we're never having that ever <laughs> that is when love is the best never <laughs> the smell of bengay well, I like the smell of that. So that's that's not old people smell. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. That got weird. We'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Aren't you glad you listened to the very end? <laughs> Bye. Man.